Hi, Facebook Live. We are here once again at the table of prayer with London, and we have a very special guest here. We want to say hi to Pastor Mike Evans. How are you doing, Pastor Mike Evans? I'm doing good at yourself. I'm doing fine. I want to play this a little bit. Uh, before we get started, uh, we wanted to show a video. It was uh, some information. It's not the property of us, but it is on Facebook. And uh, about police brutality and how uh, it's infiltrated um, the police departments. But before we start, please tell them a little bit about you, uh, Pastor Mike Evans. That's why we are here with you, because you are a very well-read young man. A lot of information, a professional, uh, a pastor. You know, you have a lot uh, to offer, a lot of experience. So tell them a little bit about who you are. Uh, well, I am the supply pastor of the Bethel Baptist Church in Detroit, Michigan, where the senior pastor is Pastor Robert Smith Jr. I am the CEO founder of Divine Mind Counseling Services, LLC, and the new creator of our new internet series, The Couch, which comes on every uh, Monday at noon. And I've been you know, active in the community for some time with our youth and young adults, as well as uh, uh, care for our mental health and our whole our whole being as Black Americans. Wow! Also, you had I remember you telling me that you are to uh, you work with the, the police department or the fire department as well. Yeah, uh, I do work for a company called Kappa, and that's Community and Police Advocacy. And what that does is uh, what we do is we serve as a third party to assist. Uh, law enforcement with uh, de-escalating and mediating uh, calls that have to do with people who are in mental health crisis uh, as well. And we also help the homeless. So instead of them being arrested and sent to jail, uh, we give them resources to make sure that they have food and shelter. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Okay, thank you so much. But we're here today, of course. Um, I'm sure everyone knows what has transpired, what is transpiring right now. Uh, so this is a special program today because we wanted to acknowledge what's going on. And, uh, you know, Christian people as well, we want to pray about it, but we also need to talk about it. And I'm sure there's many people that have different types of emotions and fears and hurt, pain, and anger. Uh, but I do want to play this information for you, some of it anyway, on Facebook Live. And it's also, I want to say hi to uh, television and also uh, podcasters as well, Anchor.fm, because this all this will be circulated on that too. But well, let's give this a listen. You hear the intro about uh, what we're doing and then a little bit of what's going on here. Tune in today on Facebook Live for At the Table of Prayer with London, special guest, Pastor Mike Evans. This is a special edition discussing what is going on in our world today in times like these. Black Lives Matter. Thank <laughs> you. 
Common sense approach. So I saw an article on thegrio.com and it was published on many different websites and it spoke about an FBI report that came out in 2006. Already have seen manifest itself in today's killings of unarmed black boys and black men. Now in this FBI report, they warned about white supremacist groups infiltrating law enforcement. And the man that wrote the article, let me make sure I give him proper credit for it, is a Samuel Jones. He's a former military police captain, and he's currently a professor of law, focusing on criminal law at the John Marshall Law School. So this man wrote this article. And we're going to also look at part of the report from the FBI uh, as well. I'll put the links in the description box so you can look at this yourself. Maybe you can make a video about it. But this just putting some facts behind what we already know, what's kind of already in our face. So the article starts off, because of intensifying civil strife over the recent killings of unarmed black men and boys, many Americans are wondering what's wrong with our police? And this is a question I'm constantly asking myself. What's going on with the police? Why are they doing this? Why are they so violent? Why are they just shoot first and ask questions later? At least we'll have back that up. Why are they shoot first and ask questions later when it comes to black people and people's pets? Do you know that cops are just killing dogs just quickly? Anytime they step into a residence. And a lot of animal rights groups are really complaining about this, that cops are constantly shooting animals. Even animals that have not even bothered them. As many uh, people that cops shot their dog and the dog was nowhere near them. Like they get a kick out of it or something. Dogs and black people, but okay. So, a remarkably, one of the most compelling but unexplored explanations may rest in an FBI report warning in October 2006, reported white supremacist infiltration of law enforcement. And um, we'll look at that a little later. So, part of the report is stating that from 2008 to 2014, there was a significant rise in white supremacist groups. Now, before Barack Obama got in office, I mean, this is significant, 2008, there were only 149 white supremacist groups. Now there are nearly a thousand of them. And a lot of people may ask, well, why is it they made a big push to infiltrate police departments. Well, let's just use some common sense on it, right? If they do something to anyone in that clan hood, then it's a hate crime. Most people in America hate the Ku Klux Klan, even a lot of white folks hate the Ku Klux Klan. They think they're trash, they think they're beneath them, and they don't need to belong in society. Only those who agree with the Klan like the Klan are those who are associated with that type of ideology. 
but not every clan member some of y'all need to get this not every clan member is that uneducated person with an accent with no teeth in their mouth poor and everything else you have some very educated clan members who think very well and it takes an educated person and a person who know the system to figure out the new plan the clan came up with now this is not nothing new they've been doing this they, the clan been in the police departments but it's been a big push for them to do this now you may say why most and, and I have to point this out most people especially in white America and I have to point out my white America for this because they in control of the media uh, they in control of Hollywood they control of everything just about so most of white America believe police if police said, well, the police said this, well, you, you, we believe it. With well, investigation of police, like, they just overlook police corruption, overlook the human factor of police, that they are human beings too. They can lie. They can do wrong. They can get caught up with things. It's just whatever the police say is gold. And if we look at police and say, wait a minute, I don't know about that, that report. Oh, y'all, you, you, you black people just hate police. No, there's some things that don't sound right. And how many times have we saw police reports be doctored, but tapes showed other things has happened? Even with Walter Scott. He shot Walter Scott in the back, Michael Slager, and then tried to lay a taser next to him. Now, if they did not have that piece of videotape, he wrote in the report that he took my taser and, and, and whatever else he wanted to put in there. And most people in this country especially white America, will say, well, the officer said, you know, officer was afraid for his life. I mean, this is what, you know, he's not going to lie like that. He's a police officer. So we're going to stop right there. Um, that's advice, show. So if you want to go look at that whole thing, it's about 18 minutes long. But I uh, just want to let you know some information out there that perhaps that we need to hear about and look into. So uh, just to be even more informed and see what's going on so um pastor mike um just to begin with this on on um uh, the thoughts and how we feel about it you know and i'm gonna leave it with you but i know that a lot of us um have feelings uh, and emotions and they're different kinds of either anger a combined anger hate we're crying, we're hurt, and some of us don't even know what to do. Um, and the, even my thought is that now if you see a police officer, what do you do? How should you feel? The police officer, that particular piece of police officer may not be uh, one of those that are, are doing those things, but the whole idea is that it says it's a white police officer. Uh, so now, what do we do? We cringe, what do we do? Uh, how do we handle this? Uh, with the, you know, we hear about it, we know about it, we may have experienced it, but to actually see an African American man literally killed in the mass media for us to see. So I want to, I want to leave it in your hand to get some thoughts on what you have to say about that. Uh, you know what I want to do too. Uh, in this, we always start with a prayer. We don't have any of our prayer pastors with us today, but we are both in that field. So I'm asking God today to bless this information, to bless you, and thank you for taking your break to, to be with me today. And we ask God to just uh, help this nation, heal this nation, and we just pray that God finds a way through whatever kind of way that he has planned for us that we 
could stop doing these things and this turn this world around to show love. But now we ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. And so now I'm going to leave it with you because I'd like to, to hear what you would I want to say about that. Well, I would say this. Uh, number one, I'm not surprised at all when it comes to the infiltration and the acceptance of KKK members uh, in the police force. Uh, the police force has uh, founded a system that is thriving with racial uh, or racist behaviors and abusive behaviors, and we see this all the time. Now, personally, from my from my own experience, I have never, except for once in my whole life, I've never truly experienced any abuse by law enforcement. Uh, Matter of fact, the times that I did have a run-in with law enforcement, they did more so look out for me instead of anything else. But my own experience does not dictate what other people go through. Uh, I work with, I work firsthand with police officers on a nightly basis, and you know there are some officers that make me feel uncomfortable only because of the internal workings of myself in terms of the reputation of a white police officer in a black community kind of thing. But I've seen them look out for people. I've seen them protect and serve and things of that nature. My own issue is not the fact that police officers are, uh, I'm, not, I'm never gonna say that all police officers are bad. What I am gonna say is that there are, there's law enforcement that work within a racist system that is designed to ensure that the black community is controlled and suppressed. So for instance, you're not going to see the same methods of law enforcement used when it comes to an arrest, when it comes to a traffic stop, when it comes to uh, detective work or raids. You're not going to see the same methods used by law enforcement in the black community versus a white community. You're not going to see that. Mm -hmm. You're not going to see drug raids in a white community, or uh, not even drug raids, but uh, surprise uh, raids. So for instance, Breonna Taylor in February in Kentucky was shot in her sleep, was shot in her bed, Mm -hmm. because a group of police officers uh, barged into their home unannounced, Not, not only barged into the home, barged into the wrong house, their, their target was uh, miles away. And mm. yet, Brianna T- Taylor was shot because her boyfriend did what any true American whose arm is supposed to do, and that's defend his home. So he picks up a gun, he shoots, and he defends his home, and they shoot Brianna Taylor in what they call their defense. And that, to me, is wrong. You're yes. not going to see... Uh, not even to me, but that's just wrong, period. Yes. Uh, you're not going to see that kind of headline based in a white community. You're not going to see that. Uh, and now I believe the FBI has opened up the investigation for Breonna Taylor. And uh, I know today as we lay Brother George Floyd to rest and the trial has started for the justice of Ahmaud Aubrey, But we see time and time again that the way that law enforcement engages with the black community is uh, extremely different and even prejudiced towards us versus the white community. 
So these are this is a lot to deal with, but this has been going on since forever is all that I can say. And so so the question is for now we're coming for also I want to talk a little bit about the from the from, from, from the Christian standpoint of things. And I hear a lot of people saying, and that's what we should do. Well, uh, just be still and pray. And yes, we sh- we need to be careful and pray, watch as well as pray. Um, but I do still believe that uh, people need to be comforted uh, now, and they need to. We need to pray, of course, and, and trust in God and keep our faith in God. But it's also, I believe God gives us a balance. And I know that's why we're seeing all this protesting and all that going on. Not to say that everybody's supposed to go out there and do that. But at the same time, uh, like what we're doing now, uh, conversation, uh, telling the truth, bringing up facts, awareness. um, You know, being in your field, I know there's a lot of people that's being emotionally scarred and traumatized by this. And I was the African-American community as a whole, you know. Just the fact that we know what's going on and we see what's going on, and we live with this all of the time. Uh, whether it could be subconsciously, something may not be going on in your face every day, but some things are going on somewhere. So, um, coming from that standpoint, um, what do you feel, or what can you say about that? Uh, I need. I know that prayer changes things, and I know that God can change things. Um, but we want all. But we also want to talk about what else can we do on the physical level, as far as talking to each other, communicating with each other, getting an understanding. What things can can we do to heighten our our awareness to uh, even bring more safety to our communities? I'll say this now uh, to your to your original statement. You know, prayer changes things, and that is absolutely true. Uh, but the faith that we live in is the fact that the scriptures say that faith without works mm. is dead. Okay, meaning that we can pray, we can have all the faith in the world, but if our actions do not uh, back up our faith, mm-hmm. then our faith is basically dead. Our faith is useless if we don't put no action towards it. Mm-hmm. So I can have faith that we live in a community uh, where law enforcement is not prejudiced or racist, that we live in a judicial system that is e- that gives equal opportunity and is not giving uh, overly long sentences to non-violent offenses of black, of those who were prosecuted, of black citizens. Um, I wish and have faith that we live in a society where black Detroiters are not being overtaxed when it comes to their property taxes mm-hmm. or their homes are being foreclosed uh, without their knowledge. I, that That's faith. But the action behind it says we need to bring awareness. So even our churches, even our pastors must bring awareness to the situation. Matter of fact, <laughs> I was always taught in the Baptist denomination to have a Bible in one hand and a newspaper in the other mm-hmm. because one of our missions is to apply the Bible, to apply the Word of God to our everyday lives. Mm-hmm. How does the Word of God apply to our living in the 21st century? Mm-hmm. And that and that is something that is a responsibility on our part, not only as ministers, but as black ministers, mm-hmm. uh, having uh, members of our churches who are victims of oppression, and we're not even 
exposing the fact that here are ways that we can fight against oppression. Here's awareness. Here are uh, educational systems. Here are methods and uh, lectures and panel discussions and uh, seminars that we could go to, that we could be engaged in to bring more awareness, not only awareness, but bring an education to the fact that we can fight this system back, that we can fight against oppression Mm -hmm. and the demonization of the black community. Mm -hmm. So if we have the education, the Bible also says, with uh, the lack of knowledge, my people perish. So if we have the knowledge and wisdom of the things that we fight against on the day-to-day basis, we also need to strategize and work together with our brothers and sisters in order to bring about a change in our systems. Wow. Yep. And and I believe that is very true. And so uh, there there are many ways that we can be seen, can be heard, or even have an effect, even and and including through prayer. And I like what you said, because I, I believe too that if more of us got together, just like we're doing talking right now, um, somebody else will listen to it. Um, and maybe be strengthened by it, be made aware by it. Uh, just talking about it and telling the truth. It's like the scripture says, uh, you know, the, the word of God, the truth is like a two-edged sword and it cuts to the mirror of the bone. So uncovering the truth, talking about it. But I also believe um, getting in strong groups, even in the church, and praying about these things. We pray about so much of everything else. Um, and I, I don't know, but I know I've been around some places and when things do happen to people, they pray about it, uh, what happened to the person, they pray for the family, but there we needed to grow stronger in praying and praying for that situation, calling out that situation, like you said, and educating about the situation. And there are ways that, uh, we can't speak out, um, that is, uh, peaceful. But that can that can be effective. But like you said, for the lack of knowledge, we would perish. Mm. So you think? No, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I will say that in terms of you know being educated of the situation, you know, we also have the resources. Mm. We have programs, and we have. Uh, programs or resources that that will help us in situations such as these yeah and not only does and i'm speaking from the church because that's where i'm from Mm -hmm. but not only does the church uh must invest in these programs but also the community Mm -hmm. so the responsibility and the accountability goes both ways we can offer the program we can offer the resources but it's also up to the community to invest in as well so um, and, you know, that's why I'm so happy that we're in a time where protest is, is going forth mm-hmm. and our needs are finally being addressed in the governmental standpoint. Mm-hmm. But we also must understand that it should never have taken for this to happen for us to get there. Um, you know, if the program was there, it shouldn't take for a death for us to open our eyes. It right. shouldn't take that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will say that um, now that it is happening, I'm proud that you know we as a black community are uniting in this yes. way. Yes. But I also want to understand that after this is over, and not over, but after the, the protests settle down, after the marches settle down, we have to put 
our feet to the ground. We have to be ten toes down and put action to our faith. Yes. That's right. Then that's exactly what they said. This has happened. Um, the officers are all now being charged and being arrested. But like you said, it's it's long a long time. It's not over. It's it's a long ways from being over. Uh, but it uh, you can I can see the effect of the protest. Even the you know it just kind of shows you in the middle of the coronavirus that uh, something like this happens. People just say, look, we got we got to go do something about this. You know. So, um, and then something I did want to say, and I just, I just saw something on, on Facebook that said, um, that George Floyd had, had, he had the coronavirus, um, and why they brought that up, I don't know if they were just searching or that's because they did a, did an autopsy on him to see about, you know, uh, how he died or whatever, uh, what, what was the total cost of it, but I, I'm thinking to myself, he survived COVID, but he still he still died at the hand of a, of a white, white policeman, you know. So right. even at that, he made it all the way through COVID. He didn't have it. They said he had had it, and he was past it. So he survived that. So if, you know, when you look at all the different ways that um, we can suffer, but this is not one of the ways, you know. Uh, at the hand of a police officer, and, you know, and, and personally, when you look at the face of um, the man that was doing that, it he had, he had no remorse, no feelings, no, uh, no nothing, you know. And it's and it was like I don't know if somebody was getting joy out of that. So you know, these things we, you know, I believe that we need we can pray against all of that, and. Uh, Things, things are being uncovered. We'll put it like that. A lot of things that's been going on is just totally being uncovered. And with today's society, with uh, technology now, you know, anybody can whip out a phone and videotape whatever is happening. And thank God for the video, which I all saw something. And, you know, I'm not sure, but it was on Facebook that the young lady that did it, um, they were saying her her life was being threatened because she was the one that captured the video. So we do, we have a lot of praying to do. You know, I'm a, I'm a strong believer in God. I'm a strong believer that God can and will change things. And this this thing is bringing about a change right now. It's bringing about a change. When you see all people getting together, um, I'm hearing from Irene Washington. She says, God bless you both on Facebook Live. And then also, how are you, Dr. John D. Murrayburn? He's watching right now. He's one of our regular people. Uh, that I was hoping he would be a part of this today. Um, you know, so uh, in the midst of it all, God still is changing. He still is changing things. But it's very hurtful. It's very painful. You know, and uh, anybody that's an African-American, like the young man said, it's in our DNA. I, you know, for he says uh, the young people are going out. They said it's in our DNA to protest because that's what we, our ancestors did. Our grandmothers, one of the young guys, uh, the father, he's what is he, 90 something years old? He's still living. He was there um, when they were protesting 56 years ago, you know. So we are still, we still feel this. This is us. This is what we feel. This is, you know, and you could be born today, you could have been born 20 years ago, 50 years ago. That spirit is still here, and we feel that from coming that far, from 400 years coming this far to be where we are, you know, 
and we have to fight and we have to fight and we have to fight so you know it's just uh, I just believe the fact that we take we are taking time and I'm sure many other people are right now to acknowledge this situation just acknowledging something and talking about it brings about like you said more awareness it brings about strength it changes the spirit of the mind um, I, you know because of the field that you you are in um, I know a lot of people are fearing because all the African-American, all of us, we fear for us, we fear for our sons, we fear for our daughters, our children, our grandchildren, our sisters, brothers, you know. Uh, so this thing, it goes, it runs so deep, you know. But uh, for emotional purposes and um, our feelings, can you talk to us about how is there a way to deal with this emotionally without without snapping because this has been going on for so long um i guess when you do snap you put you're you're in the protest protest mode (laughs) you can't do that but how does each individual that's feeling what they're feeling right now what is a way that we can try to cope have a coping mechanism as we get through this uh what's going on in our world today which i think part of the coping mechanism right now is not the coping doesn't mean take what's happening but within yourself within your mind within your heart within your own personal emotion how to handle this without walking down the street and feeling so fearful that something's going to break loose it could but we don't want to live that way well in terms of the peace, it depends on how someone is feeling. Mm-hmm. So when it comes to like the coping mechanism, and I really just I really just thought about this when uh, when you were talking, because I've been telling people, you know, when they start to feel overwhelmed, because this is a lot of heavy stuff mm-hmm. on social media, and when it comes to uh, you know the protest and you're on social media and it's one bad thing after the other and you start to feel overwhelmed with sadness and loneliness mm-hmm. and anxiety and you have all these feelings and the and the thing is if you really feel overwhelmed take a social media break uh, step back for a while it could be an hour, two hours, it could be all day the news isn't going to you know disappear it's going to be there when you get back uh, that's for people who feel overwhelmed. If you feel empowered and you're trying to figure out a way to cope with that in terms of, like, I have a lot of tension inside me and I got to get it out, or you just, you have to say something, then go out and march. I'm actually, I, I'm encourager of those who go out and march mm-hmm. because being a protester or being uh, someone who's out in the streets you know, speaking for their life, saying Black Lives Matter, um, uh, protesting for their rights as a Black American. You know, those are people who are coping mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Now, I would say, I would say that uh, you know, I'm no condoner of violence in terms of looting and rioting and you know, burning down businesses and such, mm-hmm. uh, because I think that what happens is. That's unhealthy from a mental health standpoint, because whenever you're coping or whenever your um, I'm trying to say ex- exert of your energy goes to violence, mm-hmm. that's unhealthy of any kind. Right. 
So I'll I'll say that if, if you feeling satin, you know, take a social media break, watch something that's funny. You know, I whenever I felt, especially these past few weeks, whenever I felt overwhelmed, which I have felt, you know, had an overwhelming feeling of sadness or whatnot, mm-hmm. I will turn on my TV and I will watch uh, certain cartoons and certain shows and things of nature to take my mind off the thing. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, you're a human being, you have limits, and you have to honor those limits. Right. And the way that you honor those limits is to make sure that you're not consistently uh, piling on the negative news that you see on social media and TV day in and day out. Yes. Thank you for that advice. Um, you know, and, and it, since we are human and we all do have emotions and compiled with what's going on with the coronavirus is that that and then this it just seems like so much is uh topsy-turvy right now and uh you can just feel that weight you know um i would say if it wasn't for god being in my life and, and that's where god definitely comes in for us you have to have something to hold on to you know and god is the one that we say you know get get god in there because he can he'll, he'll put a balance in your spirit He'll put a balance in your heart and your mind. He, you know, we feel these emotions of things uh, that's going on that we, we, if we could stop it, we would. If we could just stop it, but it doesn't work like that. So, um, you know, I put on. Sometimes I put on the scriptures because you know it can. It, it definitely is. It can be very depressing, very depressing. Um, and that uh, right there, that that can dominate a whole community. And our community has been going through some types of depression anyway, all through down through the years. You know, I was thinking about it. We talk about, well, the African-American person, they're they're unhealthy, they're this, they're that. But if you think about everything that happened to us from slavery time to this time, stress. I mean, can you imagine when they did what they did to... um, our people, our forefathers and mothers, you know, how, you know, frankly, how they, they killed them, they castrated them. Um, they did all kinds of things, you know, sold us, uh, had us work like animals, treat us like animals. And, and some people want to hold on that to, to that today, but you know, they should know that that that's whoever did all those things. It's really their curse and their, their, their own race, you know, and that doesn't does not take for what's happening to us. But I thought about it. I said, you know, they said, oh, this is hereditary. Hypertension is hereditary. This and that. Your heart uh, problems hereditary. But just think, that could travel down through your bloodline from all the way to then up until the present time. You know, and I would say that God has made us a strong people for all that we've been through. Even with that, God has made us a strong, strong people, you know, um, so you know what what people can say that they've come this far you know and i'm sure other other um countries have gone through some situations um the african-american has been uh criminalized you know when we didn't do anything wrong or just suppressed so that you can't make it people want to open up businesses you're going to get a loan you might have the education, you might have a good credit, and you still might not get that loan. 
to open up your business mm-hmm. because you're African American. I remember doing the business that I do. Uh, a young lady used to be over there on Redford and Telegraph Road. I don't know where she is right now. I can't think of the name of her store. And I went to support her and videotape and try to put her out there. And she said, you know what? Because I'm black, they will not give me license to uh, so people can come and play the lottery because that was that money will help her store to go over. They wouldn't give her a license to sell liquor. So the things that she did, clean store, one of the best shows, I was so very proud of her. So a lot of things that we go through in other areas of our life, something that you had mentioned that's all connected. All these tentacles of things that we're all connected to that we have to, it's like swimming upstream. You know, of course, if you're swimming upstream, it's going to build your muscles. If you got to climb that hill, it's going to build your muscles. It's going to make you strong. If you, Once you keep going, you're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger. You're going to get stronger. But uh, mm-hmm. a lot of us have uh, have these stress issues. They say they seem down through, the, you know, this whole race. You talk to the doctor, yeah, the most African-American, this, this, and that. But, man, I'm going like, if you've been through everything that our ancestors been through, that our grandmothers been through, or whoever, our mothers, fathers, you know, would you, could you last? And of course you, you will see stress. Of course you may see um, more high blood pressure and, and um, different things that we inherited in the DNA because of who had us. If someone, if a woman is stressed having babies, if she's stressed out going through, her baby's going to come with something <laughs> something may affect that baby you know mm-hmm. in their lives so you know I, when you think and look at it so it's it's a lot of issues um and 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 uh, but we but yet we still rise right but yet we still grow right. yes you yet we still survive yes we yet we are not extinct you know so uh, you know god is a god is a made us a strong strong people but at the same time right so many want i believe want to break that we've been trying to break it a long time you want to either use it abuse it break it and then you want to kill it you know so when you think about all when you think about all this this is like getting down to the grit of of how we feel how we think and maybe just do an overall assessment of what's been happening you know, in a, in a bloodline of our families to bring up to this present time, and and we're still here. You're still here, so right. you know. Um, so, what do you think about that? I, I know uh, medically, health wise, and there's all kind of issues that go on. Just you know, people have can have these conditions just living life, <laughs> you know. But then, so you know, in the African American community, we have other things we have to deal with like you said they overcharge on the taxes they they it looks constructed okay i'm not saying it is mm-hmm. but so many people have lost their homes it almost looks like somebody has a symphony of these things going on like it was orchestrated you know was it you know so it's it's issues like you said within our community that we still need to deal with um once we recognize what's going on so we can make that change yeah, no, absolutely. Um, in terms of how we take care of ourselves medically, mm-hmm. uh, we have to be more mindful of it because, you know, 
Unfortunately, hypertension does ravage our community. Diabetes, heart disease, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, kidney disease, liver disease. Mm-hmm. No, there, there are blood, uh, you know, our sugar and things of that nature. That does run rampant in our community. Mm-hmm. And it's because of our diet. It's because, you know, uh, we don't work out. We don't exercise. We don't take care of our bodies. Uh, and I'm including myself into this. Like, I don't have right. any of those things, thank God. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this pandemic, you know, I've gained a few pounds and I haven't uh, ate what I was supposed to be eating or I haven't ate enough vegetables and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, we just have to be more accountable of how we take care of our bodies and things of that nature. And also uh, teach our children um you know how to live healthily and you know and it starts with that we have to educate our children we don't educate our children about dieting or things of that nature and we need to mm-hmm. i know they also said some people are deprivated in some areas where they don't really have access i saw something on television earlier with a young lady uh i forgot what they call it buckets is, I don't know, somewhere in I believe it was in Highland Park. Was it Highland Park or Pontiac? I think it's Highland Park or Pontiac. And the lady, uh, African American lady, said I lost seventy-two pounds. She said they provided these vegetables for her, and that's how she lost weight. So having access to it, like you said as well, for those that don't have access to it, um, like you said, I, I appreciate the fact that you said you you don't you don't take the homeless and people that are having problems and lock them up. You 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 feed them and you try to equip them so that they can do better so that they can uh, live and so I guess that's what we need to do more and more of but um, you know back to the issue I wanted to talk a little bit more about the awareness of the African American male being killed females too and uh, so I just wrote some names down I just wanted to acknowledge these people you know this is back in 2017 um, it was saying the police uh had killed at least 223 black 223 black Americans in the year after Colin Corp what's his name? Say his name, Kaepernick. Uh folks did Cal- the pro Kaepernick, yeah. yeah, Kaepernick did the pro the former uh San Francisco 49ers. And they said thereafter they had a timeline and I I mean I didn't have enough time to get this information, but just to name some uh how they they died. Michael Brown. Did you mention Michael Brown? He was 18. Shot to death by yeah. a, a white police officer in Ferguson, Missouri. That was August 2014. We're all the way to 2020. 2020. So this is going on. Trayvon Martin, a black teenager. Uh, that was in 2000, uh, 2012. Uh, shot. Uh-huh. And that wasn't a police officer. That was a neighborhood watch volunteer. George Zimmerman. So, you know, so it's, we talk about, I guess it's about the white police officers because they have authority. They have authority. People with authority that's supposed to be protecting our our communities is um, mis, misusing their authority. Uh, Eric Gardner died by being placed in a chokehold. He was 43 years old. And that's what he was saying. He couldn't breathe, but he died that way. April 30th, 2014, Dontre, if I'm saying it right, Hamilton, uh, in Milwaukee, was 31 years old, shot 14 times by a white police officer uh, after someone had called and said that he was disturbing the peace, but when the police officer had arrived, they didn't find that he was doing anything illegal, but however, they still 
uh, wanted to apprehend him. And they said during a pat down, they got in, engaged into a struggle and the officer shot him 14 times. Okay. Um, John Crawford, the third August 5th, 2014, Dayton, Ohio, 22 years old. That was an unarmed young guy. I remember hearing that too. He appeared, uh, Let's see what was he doing? Oh, okay. He, they said he appeared to be confronting police, or, or he didn't appear to, to be confronting the police, but he had been holding that BB gun. You remember that one? And they they cop they shot him and killed him. Yeah. Uh huh. And uh, that was in Dayton, Ohio. Azell Floyd, April uh, August the 11th, 2014, 25 years old, Florence, California. Uh, he was a mental ill man. He was shot three times, including in the back by a white police officer. You know what they say about somebody shooting somebody in the back? He had he had his back to him, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Terry Parker was 36 years old. August 2000. We haven't even gotten in near to 2015, 16, and 17. And I didn't get a chance to go through all the names. Uh, Victorville, California died in a police custody after he repeatedly stunned him with a taser that was in was that San Bernardino I'm just you know just to say a few and then in November 2014 Tanisha Anderson I think I remember that too Cleveland Ohio 37 years old died officer in Cleveland allegedly allegedly slammed her head on the pavement Taking her into custody, and she died. So they said there's no charges at this time. They're still under investigation. Uh, then we, I just have several more. You know, have even one. The one was 12 years old. They killed him because that was a 12 year old Tamar Rice, November 22nd, 2014. I'm thinking he had a. I don't have that down. I don't know if he had a toy gun or whatever. But the whole point of it is, why should, nobody should have to die? You know what I'm saying? And then when you look at yeah, statistics, no, right. it's African American. No, right. Mm-hmm. Most of these people, uh, not people, but let me say this: uh, most of those who were in the custody of law enforcement did not have to die. Mm-hmm. Most of, uh, for all the ones that I have seen over the past ten years mm-hmm. that have you know made it to the headlines. Or things that I, or the cases that I'm aware of, right? Violence should have been avoided. There was no point of bringing out a gun, right? But the fact of the matter is, is that law enforcement in many areas sees our black skin as threatening, mm-hmm. uh, and that's and that's a psychological uh, thing as well. Is that if you give people a test, you have you know white figures and you have black figures, and you can tell who's prejudiced by how long it takes for them to associate a positive word to the figure. Mm. And it, you see a lot of people, it takes so much longer for them to give a positive attribute to a black figure because they see our skin as threatening, as danger, as aggressive. Even the way we talk, you know, when we talk, we can be passionate and not angry. Right. But, you know, a white person would see that as threatening or as aggressive or as anger. And we see that all the time, especially with 
uh, you know, Eric Garner, uh, you know, the one who's at the park. Right, and all exactly. He had was a toy gun, mm-hmm. and the cop couldn't even get out of his car before he shot him dead. Mm-hmm. He, he didn't take the time to to stop. He didn't take the time to, uh, you know, to assess the situation. He just pulled up, got out of his car, and shot him dead. And I don't believe he was charged either. Right, and there's a lot of them so, that have not been charged at this time. And that's and that's the other part of this is the fact that. You know, our lives are lost and are taken away by law enforcement. And for, I believe uh, 75, 80 percent of the police officers aren't charged, not even aren't charged. But even if they're charged, they're found not guilty. Right. Because all they have to say is, I fear for my life. Exactly. With that video that I was playing a little bit earlier, if we get into depth with it, and maybe, you know, I know that you probably have to return to work. I appreciate you so much, but I want to play a little bit more because the gentleman is saying on there, because now we're talking, we're talking about so many different areas that prejudice is coming from. Well, you say the one might be afraid because of the, the color of our skin. Then you got the other ones that are white supremacists that uh, just don't want us to be. And so the gentleman on the video that I was playing, he's going to, he's going to get more in depth about it. He says that, uh, you know, a lot of people don't care for the KKK, uh, including a lot of white people don't care for the KKK. And so they, uh, they went, if they, from the KK standpoint would come and just start killing people, of course, then that would be a problem. So he was saying that they were infiltrating the police department so that they can do it that way and not you know they have authority and all they got to do like you said is uh i fear for my life or i saw something wrong or like what he said whatever they say goes even if it could not be the truth so you know this uh racism is coming from too many different areas too many different points here you know one is because uh, the stigmatism of you because you're an african-american person and i fear for my life which i, I frankly am going to say i believe that's just an excuse in in, in a great mm-hmm. part of it that uh people just use that because they want to use that just like the lady what was the gentleman that was videotaping the lady at the park which the, she should have had her dog on the chain immediately she calls the police on this guy for because although right. they found that she was wrong but just to feel that you can just do that because i'm black and you're white and you can just say what you want to say so you can make something happen uh the law come out and do whatever you know all that needs is, all that needs to stop this is going to fit the mentality of how people think and how they feel that they what they can use there's something else that i saw in the um uh, in the news, and I, I don't have it down verbatim, but uh, a guy was doing something that wasn't right. I don't know if he was cheating or something. It was a white guy. Um, but he said that something happened to a black man did something to him, just so that he can cover up his issues. So so quickly, somebody's reaching for the black person did it. This black person did this, they did that. It just to, just because. You know? I mean, it's so random and so loose. You know, that's definitely, definitely, definitely not right, you know. Um, and there are a lot of people today, and I and I do know there's a lot of uh, white people that are good people that are caring. There are a lot of white officers that are good and that are caring. But the, there are so many that are uh, doing what they're doing, which is it's just making, it's messing up the whole system. 
when they say so, some systematic, it's just messing up everything. So these things should not be at all. And I may not be totally correct on this, but I was uh, listening to something and they said there is not a particular law. This is a law that that's not in place. That uh, and it was a lady online. I'm trying to remember what she said. Um, and I don't know if it's about being apprehended or something that that if it, a law is left open and there is no law for it. And I got to go back and look at it. Maybe I'll have it the next time that we talk. Uh, there's just so much, like you said, that we need to study, that we need to learn. Um, you know, and, and as a people, we just really need to stick together, you know, and we just need to keep our love in our community so that would permeate this whole world. And uh, I know that the prayers of the righteous avail of much because, you know, God don't lie. His word don't lie. So we need to stick to that. We need to get to the grind. I feel like we should get on the grind with that. And and like you said, you know, faith that our works is dead. We need to work. We need to work it. We need to work together. We need to find a way. Um, and I, I uh, Because of talking with you, and I don't know how your schedule will be, in the future, this is the second time that we've had a great conversation. Um, and uh, also that you have credentials that some things that I can ask you that I know you'll be coming from your experience and from your profession, which, uh, you know, people, I believe, would need. Um, but I like to d- develop a, a ongoing another show that so that we will still have our table of prayer program. But I want to do another program that we can get in more in depth. With, with this conversation or these types of conversation about education, about embitterment, about empowerment, uh, about the truth, about what facts, uncovering things, what to do, you know, talk about law, talk about what we can do together to make it a better situation. So that's another program that I was inviting you to uh, work with me in that. Uh, and hopefully you will do so. At, we can do it at, at the convenience of you know of yourself. But it's just, it's a lot to talk about. And if you notice, as right. uh, what I have on the screen, I have uh, I have the pictures of the president holding it. But I just kind of wanted to mention that because I kind of want to talk about some other things. But I got the picture, <clears throat> and I'm not laughing because it's funny, y'all. Not that kind of funny. Uh, we're looking at our president on down. Uh, and then people are talking about okay, he's standing there with the, with the Bible for a prop, and I think yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. It's, it's so many things that people are just just doing, taking advantage of. You know, uh, I'm going like why? The question is why in the first place? You know, um, and then the picture of the police officer. He's uh, got the man on the ground. Uh, no, these are things that we see all the time, and we shouldn't be, we shouldn't live in fear when we see a police. I mean, it's enough going on, other crimes going on that we, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you you yeah. got crime going on, and then if you call for the crime, are you scared to call the police for the crime? Because what are you gonna do when he shows up? Now I'm not gonna say anything bad because I know there's a lot of good police officers here um i've had experience where i had to call the police they showed up and they did their job they hope both happened to be african-american i don't know if they had something to do with it but they showed up they did their job so you know i still want to applaud the good ones there are many many good ones i thank god for them because like what would it be if you didn't have if, if it all was like that 
them. It's all it's pretty it's pretty tight right now. But uh mm-hmm. but at the same time, uh, you know, you we can't we can't turn our head, we can't put our head down, we can't ignore it and say hallelujah anyhow. Yes, hallelujah anyhow, praise God. We're gonna keep the faith and listen. Okay, y'all, let's let's we, we got to get we got to get to the ground on what to do. We got to talk to God about right. it. We got to get together, cause you know when you got God in that chain, that's that's almighty powerful. And then God in that chain, and we move forth in doing what we need to do. You no, know, something definitely gonna happen. You know. So that's um, was put on my heart to do this. this. This is not a new thing for me because I've seen. Things all the way back uh, years ago when uh, what's his name Green was killed. Cause I actually worked at a radio station then that night, um, and I had so many young people call in, afraid at the radio station. I'm two o'clock in the morning at that time. Thank God I wasn't I'm not there now. Two o'clock in the morning, phone jumping off the hook, just calling a gospel station, looking, searching to talk to anybody, crying, talking about how. You know, I'm driving down the car, down the street, and he stopped me, put the gun in my mouth. Or, uh, lady calls because her husband's getting off from work, just getting off from work, and he gets shot walking down the street to death. So, mm-hmm. when these things happen, you have people that's already been through this, they're like reliving what they've been through. You know, so there's a lot of people that have losses. And so, when these keep going on and on and on, then they're, re- they're reliving their own incident. And mm-hmm. and then even then you know I uh there's something very 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 close to my heart in this uh, about this whole situation you know and if it's only but using this platform that we're doing right here today to talk about it to bring about awareness because that's what we need to do bring about awareness pray about it talk about it. Show some truths about it, and then this, from there, guys, will show us what we need to do. That's some type of action. So nobody, nobody's just sitting there. Nobody's with their head down. Nobody's turning their head to it, which I don't believe anybody are is. But um, it it takes a group effort, and it takes all these ingredients. Hi, Miss Donna. How are you? Watching on Facebook. It takes the ingredients of God being in with us. Faith. Prayer, believing and trusting and action and I know that's what you said early on we gotta right. we gotta make we gotta take action man that's what we're gonna pray about so we know what to do but this right here is an action a lot of people mm-hmm. see it some maybe some people be comforted by it by even some of the things that you said about you know what do I do when I'm in fear what do I do while I'm hurting right here what do I what am I supposed okay. to do uh, you know I can see people becoming paranoid when they see police. Probably people been paranoid when they see one. <laughs> it's not new, you know. Because yeah. uh, you're going like, okay, so what's he gonna do? Is he gonna what's he gonna do? Is he gonna stop? So now he's is heightened to this point. Uh, so it's a it's a lot that people are going through. A lot of devastation, a lot of depression, a lot of fear, a lot of anger, and we didn't mention hate. So what do you do with that feeling about hate when you see somebody doing something to your people and you just want to hate? How do you handle that? That's another emotion. 
that's another feeling. So how do you how do you grapple with that? If we run into somebody uh, today and they and we say and they I hate them I hate what do you do I mean especially in your profession even even for what I do how do you talk to somebody and even yourself and talk about this hate situation because there's a cause. Well, I'll say this. Mm-hmm. Well, well, I'll say this. Cause I have I have to go. Cause I, I still am on the clock, but. uh God is the only one who can change our hearts. Mm-hmm. When it comes to the spiritual battle, you know, God is the only one. We cannot force someone's heart to change. That can only be done by God mm-hmm. and God himself. Amen. So when we talk about hate, love, uh, disdain, and disgust, that is a heart issue. And um, unfortunately, a lot of people's hearts have been molded by their upbringing. So if we're going to talk about transformation of the heart we first have to say God is the only one who can change their heart it is not my responsibility to change how someone feels about me or about anything else Mm. but it is my responsibility to be the voice of the voiceless and the voice that lifts up and say when something is not right and when there's a prejudice being done amongst my people and that is what I can do I can't change the heart of man but I can influence the change of the policy that we are different by Amen. that nature. Well, thank you so much for your time. Well, mm-hmm. You have given me a whole full hour, and I appreciate you so much. <laughs> Hope to no, talk to you, you again. I, I appreciate you, know, you considering me and you giving me this opportunity, and thank you so much. Well, listen, you keep saying that, but man, you have you got a plethora of things that you offer to help people, and uh just talking to you is very helpful and it's a great blessing. God bless you, Pastor uh, Michael Evans, and all that you do. I'm gonna let you go to work, and I'm gonna end this whole thing up. And I'm, but I'm gonna let you go. God bless you, and thank you for joining us on Facebook, uh, our podcast, television. Take care of yourself, okay? Well, thank you for everything. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. So Facebook, thank you again for tuning in on the Facebook Live. We had uh, Pastor Michael Evans there with us. Uh, he has to return back to work, but he took off from hour from work, which uh, I appreciate our ministers when they do that. Um, I see someone that I'd like to get on the line. I don't know if it's at all possible, but if you're tuning in, uh, Dr. John D. Milburn, I'd like to see if I can get you on the line. Uh to give us a prayer if it's at all possible but I will try to call you right now so that we can hear your voice for a minute if we do that's great if we don't understand that you are the hardest working man I know and, and <laughs> so um you've been tuning into the table of prayer with London and Pastor Mike Evans uh, with a special edition in times like these talking about what's going on with the issues uh, all the issues that's going on today do I have Dr. Milburn on the line uh, yes I am on the line is it possible that I can bother you for a minute <laughs> <laughs> Of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate oh, you so dear. much. Yeah, of course, I miss you today. I know that some of you are not available today. Uh, but you know, we need uh, a word from you and also a prayer. It just won't be right till we get that prayer out. 
Uh, we're at the table of prayer with London and Pastor Mike Evans, a special edition. And I thank you for, for, for watching as well. Um, we're talking about in times like these, uh, what do we do? Black lives, Black lives matter. Uh, we're going to get through this in Jesus name. All of the above. Um, so what, what well, you know, uh, just, just from what I heard, my, my phone was coming in and out at the time. Mm -hmm. Well, because of phone calls coming in, right? But I, I did enjoy what I heard. And one thing is for certain that we have to have faith in God. Mm -hmm. We have to continue everything in prayer. Amen. However, as the pastor said, uh, faith without works is dead. So we have to get up and we do have to communicate one with another mm -hmm. and have our voices heard. Yes. And we can learn to do this as a community. Yeah. And we are blessed in this particular time that we have uh, our other brothers and sisters, our Caucasian brothers and sisters, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. what they say, white, brown, uh, black, all of them are coming together and yes. everybody for a while is speaking the same thing. And when we have this type of unity, we have to keep that voice ringing out all across the nation. Right. Uh, so that things will be changed. And I tell you, if enough of us get together, if enough of us are saying the same thing, when enough of us stand up and speak, don't cower in a closet somewhere. Yeah. Don't be afraid to, to just watch what's going on mm -hmm. and, and don't step forward. But when we all step forward at the same time, mm -hmm. somebody that we need to listen is going to do that. And, you know, even in the scripture, there, there was a, 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 a evil king, an evil judge. And the woman kept coming to him, kept coming to him. Uh, and he kept putting it off, putting it off. And finally, he said, you know what? This woman is based on, I'm not paraphrasing it's going to worry me to death. Let, let me give her what it is that she's asking for. <laughs> because it's right anyway. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we have to continue this thing. Yeah. Now the looting, the, 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 the killing, the destruction that's going on, that's going against everything that we say that we are standing for. Mm -hmm. But if we stand still and, and let our voices cry out from the mountaintop to the valley low, I guarantee you something is going to change, but we have to do it with great prayer and supplication. And when we come together, we must decree that these things are going to change. That's right. Exactly. It's power in that. It's power in number, power in prayer. Now, I would like to say, too, uh, the, it, it, you're so correct about the looting. And I do want to do a little clarification. Some of us may be looting, but it was so many of us that was not us that was doing the looting. And every time I saw, I saw a whole lot of other people that were looting and causing confusion. So uh, we can pray for them too as well. But uh, it seems like they, a lot of us had it under have it still under control to the point where even I heard someone told someone else they shouldn't you know why are you doing this because they're going to blame the black folks for doing this if if you come over here and you break in or you loot or if you do this and that so you know why are you doing that so i think i saw that on the news or something so um oh yeah it's a combination of things going on you know it just takes one that one somebody that light the wrong fire just because people are already already on the edge they're already on the edge you know how, how it goes and they said they have these groups uh, that are out there that uh, that's what they do, you know. So we have a lot to pray for. 
Um, and I'm still very, very proud though because they still say for the most part it was peaceful. For the most part, in many, many areas, especially here in Detroit and some of the other areas too. So, uh, all I was gonna say is we're gonna keep that in prayer. And I wanted you to get you on the phone for a minute because I know that you're working too. Uh, if you would please give us a special prayer today for all of this, and then also we they're keeping a memorial, uh, Mr. Um, George Floyd in his passing and remember, uh, memorizing him today. And uh, it's just a hurtful thing that he had to give his life for this that he get he did his life is gone. Uh, but it's uprise due to that, uh, and people are coming together. Uh, to fight this thing because just because uh, you see a white person do something like that doesn't mean every white person as we can see thinks the same way a lot of us know that a lot of us are just brothers and sisters a lot of us are people and uh, that's what we should see first so I'm going to turn it over to you and I thank you thank you for uh, being with us for a minute a absolutely and, and I, I do agree with you that uh, there, there are so many other people coming in that are infiltrators mm -hmm. to come in and make those that are trying to do the right thing look uh, bad. Mm -hmm. But if we stand together in unity, not just against the wrong that's already been perpetrated on our society, mm -hmm. but on those that would come in and to degrade the hope and the justification mm. that we are all uh, working towards. Yes. We have to let them know at the same time, we're not going to stand for what has already been done, and we're not going to stand for what you've been done. Yes. Or what you're doing. Mm -hmm. If we do that, let both sides know this is where we are. Mm -hmm. You will not, you cannot change us from our stance. When Amen. we do that, things are going to change. Mm -hmm. uh, for there is strength in numbers, mm -hmm. and when there's strength in numbers, changes are being made and especially when we come together yes. and we're all pleading the same thing before the almighty God Yes. when we do that things have to change because his word shall remain true amen there's one thing if you don't so, mind I'd like to say one thing before you pray um, I was talking to someone about today's people what goes on uh, what keeps going on the people this generation of people today or the people that are here today are handling things uh differently and i noticed that and i said a lot of the young people now would pray i was praying said lord please let the young people be informed of what happened in the past and that brought us to the to this day and i've seen that they understand but for the fact is right now they don't want to see it right now they don't want to see that happening right now and they some of them just was born in the last 20 years you know so i'm real proud uh, I'm proud of, uh, I'm really proud to say on that tip that uh, a lot of young people are coming forth and, and people in general are coming forth and handling this in a manner and they realize and they recognize what's going on and uh, protesting is one way with the freedom of speech to uh, be able to to make some changes. So I, I'm, you know, I want to give a hand to a lot of our young, younger crowd that are that's standing, you know. And then also, I want mm -hmm. to say something great about the other people that are not African American. Um, there's a lot of people today have friends, families. Matter of fact, we have families that we have mixed families, and I know many of us do. I have mixed families, you know. Um, 
all and we have friends and and all kind of people that we work with that we see that are not african-american that we love you know and that we know they really care for us so that lets us know that everybody in the world is not like that so i appreciate seeing everybody coming together of different uh, colors black people brown people white people red people just a, a, a great melting pot a big mix of people coming together holding hands and saying no we're not going to stand for this anymore so you know that that's a you know that's a that's a great move that's a great move of god right there and a great move in the people that's that should even though in the midst of the pain but that still brings us hope and at, and at this point all of that did make a change and they said it took eight days for them for them to charge these guys and and whatever else they go to do to them eight days but it happened and we still have some people that have passed in the past that still have not been acknowledged had not been investigated have not been charged some investigations are on hold some they still are investigating five six seven years ago you know so i what i believe is what's happening now is going to even reach back and help those families that lost ones from from back then too and 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 make, bring those things correct so um i just feel like this is this is enough this is a movement right here this show um and we are going to uh, establish another show outside of at the table of prayer uh so that we can keep our at the table of prayer with our regular ministers uh you know to do what we normally do but this one was a special one and this table of prayer was to boost this off because this is another, this is another type of program that we're going to you know and i hope that you'll be able to talk on that too because i know you have a a, a great uh large um, plethora of thoughts experience um and profession and being in in the ministry too we we need the ministers to come up and the pastors and the doctors to come up we need us to stand together uh, definitely with that power in prayer with us together on this type of situation and whatever else is going on i know the move of god definitely is already working so um i'm asking you right here on facebook live that you'd be a part of that um, if you have time, <laughs> I, I would be honored to. I, I, I would be honored to. Uh, this is something that it is responsibility of all of us, mm-hmm. especially those of us that uh, proclaim that we are God's leaders, yeah, yeah. preachers yes. that we're called to His ministry to a higher level mm-hmm. uh, than the average saint that sits in the seat. And I don't mean to say anything about. The salvation is concerned. Mm-hmm. But some of us are put in a leadership role. Except we lead by example, we cannot expect the people to do what God is calling them to do. Yes, that's true. And I, I believe that some people are can be maybe chosen uh, to fit the bill to do this kind of thing. And uh, I already know that I, I've had this on my heart a very long time. You know, even since my children were young. Uh, and I would teach them, you know, what, what I would like to also talk about, too, is uh, the young people getting Christ in their life. Because that is the number one step. Getting God down in your, in your life to, to shelter you and protect you while you do go through. You know, we, we got to have that. that, that that's a must. And so what I, I want to do some talking about that to people. Uh, and I want to gear a lot to some of, the, some of the younger people, anybody, but a lot of the younger people and the young gentlemen young ladies out there 
Um, some of them may not be doing anything to hurt anybody. They may be going to work, going to school, getting their education, doing some good things. But we need God. We need that shelter. We need that protection. God gives us his angels to charge over us, keep us in all our ways. We got to have that. They got to have that. So when they're going to or from and going to work, whatever, because it doesn't say that, uh, you know, if you don't have it, those things should not, you, 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 those things shouldn't happen to you. But at the same time, we need God. That's it. We need God. So grab a hold on to him um, and make him your personal savior uh, because he's the one that's going to see us through everything as you see it done now. So I'm, now I'm going to stop because <laughs> I know you're probably in the middle of your job. And I, I love, that's what I love about you so much, uh, Dr. Milburn. You, you you give so much time. I appreciate you. I'm going to tell you that now. But I'm going to let you go ahead and give us a prayer. All right. Heavenly Father, again, Lord, we come before your divine presence, realizing that where we come short of God, you cover all things because all power is in your hand. We thank you this very day, oh God, for giving us the courage to step forward, to say yes to your will and yes to your way in the midst of all that is going on in this world. And even as you have given us this courage, Lord, keep us in your heart. Let our heart be in you, that when we need to step up and step forward, that you will give the spirit in our minds that come forth and do that which you are calling for us to do. Mm -hmm. Give us the love that will go out into the midst of everyone that we are around, oh God. Let them feel that love, knowing it's not just us, but it's you that dwells down on the inside. And if you are dwelling on the inside, nothing but love can be exuded from every pore of our being. And we will, oh God, continue to say yes to your will again, oh Lord, yes. and yes to your way. Yes, now, Lord, as we come together in this time, in this treacherous time that we're going through, we ask that you will send your spirit down right now. Touch those that are in the leadership position. Oh God, you can work into their mind, into their heart. You can let them know that you are still in charge yes. and that they must make a change. You even asked at a time in the Bible, oh God. Mm -hmm. You asked Saul when he was going through persecuting the saints. You said, Saul, why kick against the pricks? Yes. And they're kicking right now, oh God. But you can come in. You can change every heart. You can change every mind. You can touch us as we've never been touched before. Yes, Lord. And if you do this, we will continue to stand upon the mountaintop and yell, you are the God of all gods. Yes. But you're the only true and living God right now. Oh, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. We ask it in this day and age right now. Come on in right now and have your way right now. Yes, Lord. And Lord, those that are bereaved, oh God, those that have lost their loved ones, not just in this last couple of weeks, but over the last few years, oh God, yes. touch them right now. Yes. Lift up the hung down head, bind up the broken heart yes. right now. Yes. Take away the sorrow, oh God, and give them to look to you for all things right now, for tomorrow, and forevermore, that we will come together in unity, just like you said in your word, yes. that one will chase a thousand and two, mm. ten thousand, mm. shall go to flight, and right now, oh God, bring us together by the thousands, oh God, yes. and give us that word, give us that mind. Yes. Let us not be conformed to this world, but let us be transformed by the renewal of our mind. Yes. For your mind, oh God, your mind in the name of Jesus, name of Jesus. that 
your mind deep down on the inside of us. That when we speak, we don't speak just simply words, but we speak with the authority. We speak with power of God. Yes. According to that which is written in your word. Yes. Lord. And we now declare right now, even as it is said in heaven, so let it be done right here on earth. Yes. Yes, Lord. We say, let it be done right now, oh God. Yes. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus, the name, the name Jesus. above every name. Yes. God, again, we say we thank you. Thank you, we thank you. Let these words, let this ministry go forth, yes. that it might touch everyone, oh God, yes. that is under the sound of our voices, yes. and let them know that you are the only way. Not just a way, but the only way right now. Again, God, we say we thank you. We praise you. We lift you up. We magnify you. Yes, Lord. In Jesus' name. In Jesus thank name. God. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise, praise God. There's something I think I need to clarify, something I said earlier. <laughs> and I said, so I'm sitting here thinking, I said, you know, maybe I need to, I need to explain that better or clarify or take it back or apologize and make it, uh, I said, um, all that happened in the slavery days of those, the lynchings, the castratings, the killings and the rapes, all the things that was done back in the slavery days, all, all the way up until now in other ways and i said for uh the white man that it cursed his race now i don't know if that's true but i do know that the individual that does that and i saw that way i will not cover the whole caucasian race but uh those and it could have some type of stigmatism on them i don't know but i do know that what you do the wrong that you do those that you hurt those that you murder you uh, are bringing that curse into your family bloodline. Whatever you're doing, uh, yeah. you're transferring it down to a particular family. So, uh, and that goes for everybody, whether you're black, white, or whatever. But we're talking about the lynching, the killing, uh, those that uh, made light of African American to take a life as if it was nothing. Um, our curse in their families. Do they care? I don't know. But I do know uh, maybe the children they, that they have may have to suffer for what they did. And their children may not like that. And their children's children may not like that. But um, what we do brings up curses onto into the generation. Even the Bible speaks of that. So we need to be careful what we do and how we handle things. And I, I will say before we go, I remember seeing a, a lady. She had a church in Southfield. I don't know where she is at the time. And that was years ago, at least 10 years ago. She had everyone in that church. It was on television. Um, she had all the white people go to the black person. She said, we got to break this curse. We have to break the curse of what we did on from our own race as, a, as white people. You need to go to your black brother over there and tell him that you're sorry. And I, I was like, wow, that was real deep. But God moved on her on that ministry to do that. So there, there's some factual to that um, in the word speaks of that. So we, we need to be careful. The Bible says, love your brother, love them, treat them like you want to be treated. You know, and, and pray. We got to pray for those that are that seem to be ignorant or get joy out of these things. We got to pray that God removes that and, and soften those hearts and let them become of non-effect all that evil, uh, uh, the evil mind, the evil spirit, that murderous spirit. Uh, we ask God to just remove that. And we do thank God for the people in place that are not African-American that do stand with us. So I wanted to go back. I wanted to go back and fix that if that was called fixing it because I wanted to be left right. 
to explain it as it is. <laughs> so that's it. <clears throat> so thank you once again, well, Dr. Milburn. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Now, so if I can just say this real quickly, we all have to be careful about how we treat other people, mm-hmm. regardless of race, mm-hmm. creed, color, whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when we do something, when we, when other people see someone similar to us, they believe that those people are the same way. Right. So we have to learn how to get past that mm-hmm. and look at every person for their integrity. Yes. And not just because somebody looks familiar or looks similar to them and take it out on them. Yeah. Uh, just because, uh, you know, it's the same thing between men and women. Uh, you know, from one race to another race, it's all the same thing. We have to look at each other as individuals. Mm-hmm. And if we do that, then we judge men according to their heart. Yeah. And not the color of their skin. Wow. Okay, thank you. And on that note, thank you for tuning in to At the Table of Prayer with London. Uh, and thank you, Pastor Mike Evans, for being with this special edition. And thank you, Dr. Milburn, uh, from uh, from the Heart Ministries and also At the Table of Prayer with London for, for taking time to be with us. Uh, that just put that just uh, finishes it off real nice at the end. And since I'm looking at this, the, the name of this program we will move into it. It's going to be called End Times Like These. End Times Like These. And we, we can discuss uh, on the around the table anything that's going on in the world today. Talk about it, discuss it, pray about it, but be more the in discussion of whatever's going on in our world, whether it be community, whether it be political issues, whatever it is, talk about it. Um, And we pray to God make some changes through what we're doing. So thank you, Facebook. Once again, we were here extra long today. I'm so glad I was able to get uh, Dr. Milburn on with us today. That's uh, a familiar person there. Thank you so much. Um, Thank you, Dr. Milburn and Facebook. God bless you. And whoever's tuning in, whether you be at uh, Anchor.fm, when you listen to this, God bless you. Anybody on television, I better start saying, God bless all of you, whoever's looking, whatever venue that you may be looking at us from. God bless you. Be safe. Bye-bye.